Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? Who through life has been my guide? this last week we began looking at it where Jesus began his journey up this hill called Golgotha which we know this is where we got our name for the church I won't go into all that again but we know that it's also translated the place of the skull which sounds ominous but I think there's reasons for that now the Latin transliteration of this is Calvary that's where the word Calvary came from is the same word but I mentioned last week that the crucifixion although it's very difficult and very hard for our Lord not the, so much the physical pain, although that is horrib, horrible and horrid, but it's the spiritual pain, the separation of him and the Father, when he takes our sin upon himself that is the most grueling, the most painful of all of that. And so while it is a very difficult and challenging day for our Lord, we know he looked past the shame of it all, the pain of it all, to the joy set before him, and that joy is you and me. And we're here today because of it. And we know, as I said last week, the cross of Golgotha may have been a very hard and difficult day for the Lord, but it's the greatest day in human history. It's the greatest day of our lives, and we weren't even alive yet. And we know the Lord died for our sins, past, present, and future, 2,000 years ago on that tree on Calvary, on that hill, Golgotha. And so we're going to continue to look at that today. And we also saw last week, which is important to, to remind us, we saw last week that Jesus fell under the weight of that cross, under the burden of that cross, that he couldn't carry the cross by himself. And this is a profound picture for you and me because this man, Simeon, this Cyrene, Cyrenian, this, this man, he was told to carry the cross for Jesus. And that's a beautiful picture for you and me of the Holy Spirit. We're to look unto Jesus. We can't do the Christian walk on our own. We look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, but we need help. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives to carry that cross, to help us to endure. And a Christian without the Holy Spirit is no Christian at all, because the Holy Spirit is what indwells us. That's what it means to be born again. It's our wedding garment. It's our ticket to eternity. So remember that as we study this today, because we're going to continue in this journey. Mark chapter 15, verses 22 through 26, and then we'll dive in. And they brought him to the place Golgotha, which is translated place of a skull. Then they gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink, but he did not take it. And when they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots for them to determine what every man should take. Verse 25, now it was the third hour and they crucified him. And the inscription of his accusation was written above the king of the Jews. Let's pray. Father, this is your word, and we know your word will not return void. And Lord, we look at the apex of Christianity, of the very symbol of our faith, of everything that matters to us. 
that matters to our salvation, the cross of Calvary, this place, this hill called Golgotha, Lord, where our sins were taken care of. And God, let this teaching, let your word dive deep into our hearts and let us see this again for the first time. We can become numb to it all, but Lord, let us see it again for the first time. And God, I just pray for your Holy Spirit to empower our minds and our hearts, to clear away this, this world and the stuff of this world and to focus on you and your word. And we praise you in Jesus' name, amen. So we looked at verse 22 a little bit last week, but I wanted to start here again because we know that the Lord was brought to this place called Golgotha, this very specific place. But why this place? Have you ever asked yourself why exactly this place? Well, we know Golgotha is a very special place for us, for all of us. And I don't mean the church. <laughs> I'm talking about the hill in Israel. It's very special for us because this is where our sin was taken care of. This is the Mount of Salvation for all of us. But it's also, even before the cross of Calvary, even before the Lord went up that hill, it was a very special place for Israel. And, might I add, it's a very special place for God. Very special place for God. We know from one of the most prophetic passages of Scripture, Genesis 22, that something else happened on this mountain. This place, Golgotha, this mountain, this very place, is where Abraham would bring his son Isaac many, many years before. And we're going to look at that today. But if you remember the story of Isaac, or of Abraham and Isaac, God told Abraham to take his son, to take him to this place, and offer him as a burnt sacrifice. And you might think that sounds strange and cruel. Now, most of us know the story, but it does sound strange and cruel at first. But we'll get into that. It really wasn't at all. But understand this. One thing I love about the Bible is this. Over 27% of the scripture of the Bible you have in your hand or on your phone or on your iPad or whatever, um, that Bible, over 27% of it is prophecy. This is why I've never understood why people say, well, I don't want to deal with prophecy. You guys, you know, you talk about prophecy too much. Well, yeah, we talk about 27% of the Bible. <laughs> so we're not going to ignore it. But here's the thing. It's not just the, the future prophecy. Often we, we think of it that way because we're living in very prophetic times where we see possibly, quite possibly, the end of things. <laughs> we know the Lord's coming for us any day now. And we understand that. But I'm not just talking about prophecy that is future. I'm talking about fulfilled prophecy, prophecy that's already happened. This is what our scripture, this is why the Bible is different than any other so-called religious text or religious book, because it's so bold, God is so bold to predict the future, and then it happens. It happens exactly as he says it would happen. And this is what I love about the Bible. And so in Genesis 22, if you want to open your Bibles to the Genesis 22, we're going to sit there for a little bit, because we're going to see this beautiful prophetic picture. And it's so profound, and we see we see Abraham's going to take his son Isaac to this very special place to offer him as a burnt sacrifice, which again sounds crazy and cruel at first glance, but we know that God didn't allow Abraham to sacrifice his son. We know that he stopped him, and we'll look at that. But we also know God wouldn't ask any of us to do anything he wouldn't be willing to do. And understand, we know that our Heavenly Father would one day offer his own son up as a sacrifice on that same hill, on that same mountain on that same location. But look at this. God's going to call Isaac to a very special purpose, to a very special place, and he calls his son a very special name. Genesis 22, the second part of verse 2, he says, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So understand, you know your Bible if you know it, 
Abraham had another son. He had a son before Isaac. So why would the scripture, why does the Bible call him your only son? If Abraham already had a son, but we know the story, and it's always good to be reminded. Abraham and Sarah, they were promised. They were promised that Abraham would be the father of many nations. They were promised that they would have a son. They were promised, and yet they got impatient. And I know I'm, I'm not talking to anybody in this room, but bad things happen when we get impatient with God. <laughs> and what do we do? What did Sarah and Abraham do? They decided to help God out. Have you ever been there? When things aren't moving like you want, when things aren't happening like you want, you're, you're, you just think to yourself, you know what, I'll help God out. This is probably what he wants to do, <laughs> so we'll just help him out. And we know the story. They got ahead of God, which never ends well for us. And some of those errors are more costly than other, but it was sin in Sarah and Abraham's life. Sarah said, hey, take my handmaiden, Hagar, have a child with, with her, and that will be the promised child. That will be the promised son, because we're getting old. This isn't going to happen. We don't really, I mean, come on. God said this is going to happen, so let's make it happen. And they got ahead of God. And we know what happened. Ishmael. Ishmael was born. And we know there was conflict with all of that. But we understand in Scripture that Ishmael is a type of the flesh. Because it was sin. They got ahead of God. They did something they weren't called to do. And if you want to study this out, we don't have time today. Galatians 4, verses 28 through 31. Paul describes very clearly the difference between Ishmael and Isaac, between the flesh and the spirit, between the, the child of promise, the only son, and the, the child of the flesh. And it's also comparable when you start studying this out to Adam who failed in the flesh, but Jesus is called the last Adam who succeeded in the spirit. It's a powerful study. Do it on your own. Again, Galatians 4, 28 through 31, you can look that up. But we know that Genesis chapter 22, God tells Abraham to take his son, his only son, to the land of Moriah, to the mountain where God would show him, to the mountains of Moriah, to a very specific place. God's word is exact. Do you know that? Despite what the critics say and despite what all these new theologians say, God's word is exact. And I'm going to show you why he, he tells Abraham to go to a very exact, specific place. But I also want us to understand, Genesis 22 is prophetic for many reasons, but we know this. We know that they were on this three-day journey. The Bible tells us it was a three-day journey, and I've talked about how the, that, that phrase pops up in Scripture all the time, three days. Does that mean anything to us? Three days. But they journey, and he's journeying with two other men. And although the picture and the type breaks down at a, at a certain part, because those two men will not go with Isaac up the mountain, but we know our Lord was also crucified with two others. We'll see that today. But this is so powerful because this passage is clearly, in Genesis 22, is clearly pointing to future events, to Jesus Christ. And understand, we also get a connection because Genesis 22, the law of first use, the first time the word love is used in Scripture is in Genesis 22, which is appropriate when, we, when we're looking at this because he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love. That's the first time the word love is used in Scripture. And understand this is pointing to Jesus and John 3.16 rings in my mind, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website.
Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, GolgothaFellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A Fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.